I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm here in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine that continues and lots of talk to continue also with Jason Light, the Bucks GM, head coach Dirk Cutter. When it comes to quarterbacks, what is the Bucks' backup plan? Is it more important than ever with Jameis Winston under NFL investigation and what is a fertile quarterback class and free agent class? Who is their Nick Foles? Lots to talk about also about why the Bucks decided to fire defensive line coach Jay Hayes now and who is Brenson Buckner, the guy who's taking over. They have decisions to make on their own team. What free agents do they want back? All that and more on this Friday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get into today's show, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value, and as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday. To take advantage of the deal, Audible is owned by Amazon. It's the leading provider of digital audiobooks. They've got more than 180,000 titles to choose from, and unlike streaming, you own your own books. So once they've been downloaded, you can even listen to them offline. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. Okay, so we're still here, or I'm still here in, in Indianapolis. Steve Versnick's back, uh, my producer in Tampa. And What's the weather like up there? You know what? It's been rainy today. Rainy, a little chilly. I've not. This is an interesting city, as you know. It's a good walking city, and uh, but where we're at, I'm in uh, kind of staying in what amounts to a uh, collaboration or conglomeration of Marriott properties. So I'm in a courtyard, and you can essentially walk this city using, you know, the little hamster trails and and uh, the the uh, sky tunnels and bridges and things like that. So basically, I haven't had to go outside in two days. It's been awesome, but. From what I see of the weather, uh, it was a little rainy today. It hasn't been particularly cold, although that might change. So it's it's actually been a fairly pleasant um, Super Bowl. The way they have it, or Super Bowl. <laughs> see, I'm just back from. Jeez, they all run together. Yeah. The NFL Combine. I mean, there is no break. Um, I ask. So, I ask because Detroit's getting six inches of snow today. Is my father's? Oh, lovely. My aunt up there, and uh, oh, lovely. It was it's like sixty degrees all week, and then all of a sudden six inches of snow today. So that's why I wasn't sure what Indianapolis had. Well, I might want to check the forecast because I really don't know what we're expecting. I think it's, it's supposed to get a little bit colder after this front moves through, but I don't know that there's any snow coming. But it's been pleasant. I mean, you do a lot of walking. There's a big convention center here, and so you get your exercise in that way, and it's not not really well planned out where the interview rooms are versus the work room is a lot, but that's inside baseball. Um, but today the interviews did start uh, with the running backs and the offensive line had a chance to uh, listen and, and, and talk a little bit with Saquon Barkley, who in my opinion is by far the number one player in the draft. Whether he goes number one, I think the Browns would be smart to do that and then come back and get a quarterback, but they're the Browns, so they might screw that up and, and get neither Barkley or a good quarterback. They have the first and fourth overall picks. And then uh, also had a chance, uh, the offensive lineman uh, who came in and um, – you know, some impressive guys there. Talk to a local product that will have maybe his interview next week with uh, former East Lake High School, Michigan, 
Offensive lineman Mason Cole. Uh, that was interesting to talk to him. Probably going to play center in the National Football League. That He did play with center for one year under Jim Harbaugh, and actually Harbaugh kind of made that move anticipating that at the next level that's where Mason would play, even though he has some versatility, and that also is going to help him uh, in in the draft. So um, interesting you know, as the players come in now and, and you know, we'll have a week, a bunch of interviews. I'm here through Sunday. So uh, also probably have a chance to talk to John Lynch while I'm here. So make sure you keep it on Sports Day Tampa Bay for what's going to be a lot of football talk, a lot of interviews. And we'll keep you up to date as well on the Rays and the Lightning as we always do. Now, I mentioned that had a chance to sit down and, and uh, talk both at the podium and then privately with a small gaggle of reporters uh, with the uh, Bucks GM, Jason Light, with head coach Dirk Cutter. And to start with, I mean, this is uh, of all the needs the Bucks have, you can't dismiss backup quarterback. And that is because you always need him. We found out last year how valuable it was when Jameis got hurt. But beyond that, Jameis Winston, as everybody knows, is is under NFL investigation on allegations that he groped a, a female Uber driver in Arizona in March 2016. The league um, has not talked to Winston that I'm aware of yet, at least as of the Super Bowl. They had not talked to uh, one of his uh, witnesses in, in that as well, uh, Darby from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, this this sort of investigation is rolling on. The Bucks have no idea where it's at because it's it's really up to the league. But in any respect, they have to prepare as if, you know, they may be without their starter for the, for the first couple, three, maybe even four weeks of the season. Now they're hoping that it all turns out in, in Jameis's favor, but it kind of puts a premium on that position. And, and fortunately for them, I mentioned in the open, it is a very fertile backup quarterback market. I mean, you're going to have guys dumped out there. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings could let all three of their guys hit free agency, including Case Keenum. We don't know yet exactly what they're going to do with him, but Teddy Bridgewater becomes an option. Um, you know, you have to see what happens with some of the other free agents that are going to get starting jobs. And a couple names that you uh, are familiar with, I think the Bucks are most interested in. One they won't talk about, and that's Mike Glennon. The Bears have said up here that they plan to release Glennon before the start of the NFL year, which is March uh, 14th. And so that means he pocketed about $18 million guaranteed for one season, which amounted to about four or five games that he played. One of the few games the Bucks won, in fact. But that's a guy that's going to intrigue the Bucks because he's familiar with their offense. He did a good job as a backup to Jameis. And if he can't find a starting job, and you think that would be his priority to try to go somewhere where he can at least compete for one, then maybe he falls back into a backup market. Uh, the other guy, of course, that uh, we know that they like is who they had last year, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, he went 2-1 and one as a starter. Um, so just, you know, where are they right now with this quarterback market? And, and frankly, where are they with Ryan Fitzpatrick? We like Ryan a lot. We thought Ryan did a, a great job, obviously, when he had to play. Did a nice job for us, but just overall in the locker room, and in that quarterback room, he and Jameis formed a really good uh, bond. He's, uh, we would love to have Ryan back. You would? Yep. Love to have him back, but as they, as they know, um, it doesn't it, – it may begin with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they don't have an offer on the table, or if they do, nothing that they're, they're ready to sign with him right away because they admit there are some other options they want to look at. You know, there will be options for uh, other quarterbacks as well, and I'm not saying that, you know – that we're going to be signing Ryan today yeah, to, yeah. A, to a contract, but any quarterback that we bring in, 
we want to feel whether or not the investigation or whatever, whatever happens with that happens. We need to, we want a quarterback or a quarterbacks that we feel can can step up and start. You have to. I mean, every team. Yeah. That's what their sure. their goal is to get a quarterback that if he has to play, just like the Eagles did last year. Right. So, investigation or not, we want a guy that. Uh, can play you need a guy that can play and last year Fitzpatrick did a good job not just on the field but also in the meeting room with Jameis Winston they got to be a pretty good bonding there and he's a guy that's seen a lot uh, and he seems to embrace that role he said after the season that he'd be happy to come back here and he knows that his days of, of you know being asked to compete for a starting job are probably over so that's the role that's he he's sort of looking for Dirk Cutter agrees he does like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he says it's not so much about the investigation. And oh yeah, don't forget about another quarterback that they have on the roster. You could lose your starting yeah. quarterback at any time, so the yeah. backup quarterback is pretty important. And uh, you know, we've been fortunate in the time that I've been in Tampa that we've we've had good backup quarterbacks, and you know, we went two and one with our backup quarterback last year. So uh, there, I think there's a lot of good good uh, options out there for this year and uh, we're, it's something that we're, we're concerned with not not because of the not because of the investigation so much as just because you're concerned in general mm-hmm. at the same time we also have Ryan Griffin under under uh, contract and you know if you remember Ryan we felt like Ryan was playing pretty well up until the time he got hurt in the Cincinnati preseason you know I, I like Ryan's skill set he just he doesn't have experience, and that's he's it's that old catch twenty two. Coach, how do I get experience if I if I don't get experience? Yeah, you know that's the thing. But skill set wise, and no one, no one, our system and everything, we feel good about Ryan. So Griffin actually, I think, was out playing Fitzpatrick last year when he got hurt in the season, the preseason opener at Cincinnati, and of course that put him on his shelf until he came back late in the year. But he's in the same position he was a year ago. They signed him to a one year extension so he could come back and compete in 2018, but we'll see if he's able to beat out Fitzpatrick or whoever else they'll bring in. There'll be at least three quarterbacks that they start camp with. Some other changes that they made, and one in particular that was surprising uh, in the last couple weeks, was the firing of defensive line coach Jay Hayes. And we know that the Bucks were last in sacks with 22. What's unusual about this a little bit was that it didn't happen right after the season. In fact, it was six weeks after the end of the season, and the Bucks had already picked up Hayes' one-year option. So talk to Dirk Cutter just about what took so long. Well, no one, no one ever told me there was a timeline on it. I didn't know there was a deadline to try to do the things that you felt like were best for your football team. And uh, I have a lot of respect for Jay Hayes. He's got a, he's got a great resume. He's, he's still a good football coach. But, uh, you know, we, feel like, we felt like we had to make a change at that position. Uh, to give ourselves the best chance for next season. That's no, nothing more than that. They say there's nothing more than that, and maybe there's not. But it's it's unusual in, in not just the timing of it, but also the fact that this probably isn't a guy that has a longer history with Dirk Cutter than Jay Hayes on this entire coaching staff. They go back to where they were college rivals you know, some 30 years ago. Uh, and Jay Hayes had a lot of success uh, with the Bengals before he, he came here. Um, but they, they make the change, and, and these sort of things – uh, generally don't happen in a vacuum. I mean, there's film study, there's interviews with, you know, other players, and there's also, you know, some dialogue between Dirk Cutter, who has control of his own staff, and the general manager, Jason Light. We meet several times a day, obviously, and we see eye to eye on everything. We have to be together. At the end of the day, we see eye to eye. We come to an agreement. We evaluate the players. We evaluate. He evaluates the scheme. Um, 
He evaluates together. We evaluate the coaches. That's his coaching staff. So we just had to make decisions based on, on personnel, coaching, what's best for moving forward for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they make the change there, and they had a big, a lot of interviews, but the guy they settled on is a former player of Carolina Panthers. He played 12 seasons in the NFL for the 49ers, the Panthers, and some other organizations. He's Brenston Buckner. In fact, he was part of a great Carolina defensive line that included Julius Peppers and Mike Rucker and, and those guys that went to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 38, in fact, after the Bucks won and lost to the New England Patriots. So uh, Buckner brings a lot of uh, playing experience along with. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Some successful coaching stints in five seasons in Arizona, his Defensive line never had fewer than 35 sacks. And we know about the Chandler Jones, who led the NFL in sacks with 17 last year. And he's had Calais Campbell, um, who went on to, you know, great things in Jacksonville just this past season. Uh, but there was a reason why Dirk Cutter was in particularly impressed with Be- Brenton Buckner, and it's what he did with the guys you don't know a lot about. Well, we interviewed several guys uh, for the D-line job, and the thing that uh, – stood out to me because I didn't know Brinston. The thing that stood out to me, well, first of all, uh, I'm always a fan of ex-players and who go into coaching because it's a hard transition. A lot of guys don't want to do that after they had successful careers as a player. But when I watched, we played against Arizona multiple times since he's been there. He's had some, everybody recognizes Chandler Jones leading, leading the league in sacks or Calias Campbell going on and playing well after he was there. But what jumped out at me is Princeton's had success with guys that maybe haven't been uh, star players and have gone to Arizona as free agents or as rookies and have maybe played a little bit above where they played before. And uh, that jumped out at me. I mean, some guys that I knew that we'd played against on other teams and all of a sudden they go to Arizona and you go, wow, that guy's, that guy's playing pretty good. There must be a reason for that. And when, when Princeton came in and interviewed uh, – he did a really nice job. And Dirk Cutter knows what Arizona can do to his team because he's lost to them uh, twice out there in the last couple of years. Um, Jameis Winston, one season, I think sacked three or four times, lost a fumble, four interceptions. Um, last year, of course, he gets hurt. So not a great experience with uh, trying to face that defensive line, and maybe he can bring some of that to Tampa Bay. So you have changes in the coaching staff, and you're about to have some more changes on the field, and that's because free agency is approaching. And we saw last week that the Bucks uh, released some players. Of course, Chris Baker, the defensive tackle, who was a free agent a year ago, didn't work out, mostly because of what was you know off the field as, as much as it was on it. But they also got rid of an iconic running back in Doug Martin, a former first-round pick. And for all that Martin had done, a couple of 1,400-yard seasons, uh, the last you know four out of the last five years, he failed to rush for even 500 yards. And for someone like Jason Light, he just felt, hey, it was time to move on. You know, unfortunately in this business, for all of us, it's a, it's a results-oriented business. And, you know, the production wasn't matching where he was at. So we had to make a decision. And it's just the way it is with your entire roster. 
Um, sometimes production can be, uh, it's stats don't tell the whole story, but with any player, if over time they're not playing, and I'm not singling out Doug here, if they're not producing, it's time to move on. Now, you pretty much did single him out because now he's unemployed, so I don't think you can single him out any more than that. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is is that Martin had done some nice things, uh, both, you know, when Cutter was in Atlanta as an offensive coordinator playing against him as a rookie. Uh, he had the 1,400-yard season, and then Cutter's first year as offensive coordinator, Doug played very, very well, and they signed him to that new contract. So, you know, Cutter was probably more loyal to Martin than uh, – almost anybody in the organization. And in fact, he played him, started him well beyond a lot of people would have. But now he admits that because Martin is gone, running back is suddenly a priority for this team. In Doug's case, you know, I saw I saw Doug once when I was in Atlanta when his rookie season in my first year in Tampa, I, had, I saw Doug have two tremendous years. So I know that's inside of him. Uh, you ask if uh, running back is a priority for us. It has to be. We've only got uh, two two running backs under under contract right now and you're, you're going to probably keep four on your team uh we just we just signed a young free agent guy the other day so i guess we have three under contract now but uh of course you know running back is going to have to be but that that doesn't mean we don't like uh peyton and jacquez we do like them. peyton being peyton barber who only started the last four games and managed to lead the team in rushing he, he averaged uh, around four yards of carry um showed the ability to push the pile he's a little bigger back uh, at 200 and almost 30 pounds or so. Uh, they still have Jacquez Rogers. They're going to have to, I think, go into free agency and find maybe a third down back. And then also I, I'd be very surprised if they don't use this draft to try to also locate a running back, much like the New Orleans Saints did last year with Alvin Kamara. It would be great if they could find a guy like that in the fourth round or so. Uh, in the meantime, Jason Light thinks that Peyton Barber can be very effective. We do like Peyton Barber. He, at the end of the year when he was given the carries, I think that he, um, he thrived. You know, he's a big guy. He's 235, 238 pounds. Um, he's got good wiggle to him. He's got good vision. He's got good power. He's, um, I've seen players like him go on to become, with his skill set, go on to be productive starters in the league. So, And, and he still could be productive. I just don't see him... Uh, personally, um, you know, as an undrafted guy, I don't, I, you know, and other guys have been undrafted and did well in this league before. I don't see him as a bell cow. I don't see him as the guy they're going to build a running game around. Uh, he might be a part of it, but I still think that they'll, uh, you know, look at a, what is a deep running back class. You know, once you get, you know, past the first couple guys, there's going to be people all throughout the draft, whether you're talking about Sony Michelle or others that, that might, you know, fit well uh, in the Buccaneers system. So we'll have to see just how deep the Bucks go before they select a running back because I really believe they're going to, and they'll look in free agency as well. Before they get to all that, they still have more decisions to make about which one of their own free agents they'd like to retain. I mean, you got many guys like uh, guards Kevin Pamphill and Evan Smith are both set to hit the free agent market. You have Clinton McDonald, a defensive tackle uh, that probably will hit the free agent market. Some of those guys will be you know, assess the value by the Bucks, and if they're able to exceed it with some other team, they may go someplace else, and some may come back. One guy that they really want to come back is cornerback Brent Grimes. What's the latest on him? You always have to have a plan B, C, D, E. So um, we can't pull, put all of our, our, our eggs in one basket, but, you know, the fact of the matter is we do like Brent Grimes. So plan B might see B for Brent Grimes. I'm not sure what plan A is. It could be 
drafting a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick if you really think that he is still the guy that um, you know can play corner, uh, or if you see him as a safety, maybe you don't take him uh, with one of the top seven picks. A key to a lot of this in the secondary for the Bucks, because we've already talked about the pass rush and the needs they have there, is what happened to Vernon Hargraves? I mean, just two years ago, we were here at the Combine, and the Bucks had the 11th overall pick, and they wind up taking Hargraves from the University of Florida. And the reason why they took him, essentially, was that they felt he, had, he was a ball hawk. He was a guy that had great ball skills. He attacked it when it was in the air. He had a lot of interceptions at the University of Florida. As a rookie, he struggled, especially the first half of the season, but then he got better. He still only ended up with one interception. And then last year, he just fell off the map. I mean, the guy started out, there were some injuries to Grimes early on. You remember the Minnesota game in Case Keenum just, you know, going all Daryl LaMonica on him and throwing the Mad Bomber down the field. And Vernon Hargraves seemed to be the guy that was, you know, chasing Vikings through the end zone. He eventually lost his starting job outside to Ryan Smith, of all people, who was moved to corner and was essentially you know, playing there for the first year in the NFL. And they moved Vernon Hargraves inside. And it's good to have that versatility to play slot corner, but frankly, you don't you normally draft those guys 11th overall. So what do they think that Vernon Hargraves is going to do when he comes back to what was a terrible season that ended up with him on injury reserve with a hamstring injury? We were very happy with Vernon after his rookie year. Thought that uh, he was really trending up. Last year he had a couple setbacks, and he'd be the first to tell you that. We're by no means are we giving up on Vernon. He's got a lot of talent. I thought there at the end of the season before he got hurt, put on IR with his hamstring, that he was showing glimpses of what he was his rookie year. And Vernon fits that to us. He fits that uh, definition of the guy that can do both. Now, he actually enjoys playing in, inside just as much as outside. So it's not a situation where he, he's telling us where he wants to play. He, he'll do anything. And I've had a lot of positive or I had a lot of positive conversations with Vernon at the end of the year, and I'm excited where his mind is right now. And um, I think he's, he's going to have a pretty good year this year. So the Combine will continue all week. I'm here through Sunday. We'll have lots of interviews that you want to make sure you check out Sports Day Tampa Bay in this podcast. I'll be talking to, among others, uh, Saquon Barkley, the Penn State running back, who's the best player in the draft in most people's opinion, not just the best running back. Fascinating story about him. The offensive guard from Notre Dame, and who could be a very likely Tampa Bay Bucks pick at seven overall. That's Quentin Nelson, a big guard from there uh, at Notre Dame. Local product, East Lake High's Mason Cole, who went to Michigan, being looked at as a center, a guy that maybe even the Bucks have their eye on. And then some people that you know very well, the Bucks offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, whose role is being expanded this year. I had a chance to sit down and talk to him about that. And we're going to try to catch up with 49ers general manager and, of course, Buccaneer favorite John Lynch while I'm here in Indianapolis. So we'll have all that for you as well as more talk about the Rays and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And as we're doing this podcast, the Lightning are up 4-3 to three over the Dallas Stars in Dallas. And some interesting things going on there. A uh, rookie just up, Anthony Sorelli, has a goal and assist in that game. Yeah, he's just the third Lightning player in history to have two points in his NHL debut. Palmera and uh, Corey Connick are the other two. Right, and so a uh, pretty big night for him, and then, of course not a big night or a good night for Ben Bishop, who I think they've scored, scored like 10 goals on this year 
in the Dallas Stars as he he goes up against his former team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were Lightning were up one nothing, then they trailed two to one, then they were up three to two, and then four to two. Now it's four to three. So uh, we'll be sure to catch up with them. As Definitely they, uh, a more least, spirited effort tonight than last night. Yeah, you said the Buffalo game was just just absolute drudgery, I guess, to watch. Yes. So they're they're playing much more up tempo, and maybe that has something to do with Dallas as well. I'm not really sure. So. But uh, at any rate, we uh, thank you for listening to this podcast every day. We want you to make this a habit. And, of course, you can always reach us on Twitter, anxious to get your feedback, your questions. We are at SportsDayTB. That's at SportsDayTB on Twitter. You can reach me at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We also want you to rate and review this podcast. Where can they do that, Steve? Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports, get the links there and review it there as well. And make sure you keep all the latest updates on the Bucks, the Bolts, the Rays, all your University of Florida USF teams on tampabay.com. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday. I'm Rick Stroud for Steve Versnick. So long, everybody. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.